A pioneer of craft beer in San Diego, Ballast Point has changed hands for the second time in four years. Earlier this week, Illinois firm Kings and Convicts Brewing Company, a relative unknown in the industry, announced an agreement to buy Ballast Point from Constellation Brands, whose products include Corona and Modelo. The publicly traded company originally purchased the San Diego operation for a billion dollars in 2015. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Jennifer Vangrove, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Peter Rowe, you're a features writer here, and one of the areas that you specialize is in beer. So why don't you tell us what's going on here? I mean, I have to say, this seems like a very surprising transaction. It is. It's almost as shocking as when Constellation paid $1 billion for uh, Ballast Point, and that was in 2015. That remains a record price for a craft brewery in the country. So this, though, is is kind of the reverse situation, where instead of you're having a a giant uh, multinational beverage corporation buying up a small independent, instead you have a small independent buying Ballast Point from a giant multinational beverage corporation. So it, it just doesn't make sense on the face of it. It doesn't make sense. I've never heard of Kings and Convicts. I drink a lot of beer. My husband works in the industry. Who are these guys? Yeah, no one has heard of Kings and Convicts. And when you tell this to to the two principals, they just laugh. They think it's hysterical because it's true. This is a tiny, tiny brewery out of um, Chicago's northern suburbs. It was founded just two years ago. They have a 5,000-square-foot warehouse and a, a small uh, tap room in front. That's it. Uh, they do have about 150 to 200 accounts in the Chicago area. They are expanding. Uh, they are getting set to open up a 48,000-square-foot facility just over the Wisconsin border. But really, I mean, they have not been a big player in craft beer or in beer in general. So what are they doing? Why are they buying Ballast Point? What's their interest here? Well, it's, if, you, if you hear the story from them, it's, it's a pretty funny story. Uh, both of these guys, this is uh, Chris Bradley and Brendan Waters. Um, Chris Bradley is the king because he's a, an English expat. And Waters is the convict because he comes from Australia. Both of them were successful in other fields. Bradley was in telecommunications and Waters was in hotels. And at one point owned and ran his own chain of hotels. He sold those a couple years back and was sitting on some money and wanted to do something fun. And that's when he and a friend of his, Bradley, got together and and started this brewery. Okay, but they're small. They clearly don't have a ton of money, at least not in this particular business. What are they doing now? I mean, we know the terms of the sale are not being disclosed, but you you and I have talked. Um, Ballast Point is not clearly not worth what it once was, but how did they you know, even scrape together enough money to complete this transaction, let alone, let alone keep an operation the size of Ballast Point alive and running and, and in their mind growing? That's an important point to make right away. They're saying no one will lose their job with Ballast Point. They're saying that the distribution network that they've inherited, which covers 49 states and several foreign countries, that that will remain in place. So they're not talking about scaling back, which is kind of interesting. Uh, the other thing to kind of watch is 
four years ago when Constellation paid $1 billion for Ballast Point, there was widespread agreement that Constellation had vastly overpaid, right? That there was no way that this, this company was truly worth $1 billion. Now, it may have been worth a billion dollars looking ahead if craft beer had continued to expand the way it had been up to that point. But in 2015, we were right on the verge of seeing craft beer not really contract, but not grow at the kind of crazy pace it had been. It's really slowed down a lot. And as a result of that, and as a result of the emergence of other alcoholic beverages, this summer, for instance, was the summer of hard seltzer, and breweries are going into hard seltzer in a major way. Because of that, sales for Ballast Point fell off. Ballast Point also kind of took a black eye by selling out to a large multinational. And so they were no longer craft. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal among some beer fans. They're looking for independent local breweries. So suddenly one of their favorites, independent local Ballast Point, founded here in 1996, has got this great backstory. Suddenly it's no longer a San Diego company. So they lost a lot of fans locally. They lost some fans in other markets because they came in as, as Ballast Point. No one really knew who they were, and they were bucking that trend of the hyper-local brewery. Right. So with all that said, what do we know about what Ballast Point is worth today? Yeah, well, Ballast Point's value, its trademark value, has been marked down several times, and I'm I'm taking a crash course in what trademark, trademark value, value means, right? I don't know. Okay. You well, have to tell me. Yeah. Here, here's the little that I know is that trademark value is one measure of a company's value. Okay. It's not the total measure. It means what the trademark really, what that trademark is really worth on the market. It doesn't include what their assets are. It doesn't include, for instance, I mean, Ballast Point has got millions of dollars tied up in equipment uh, and also in real estate, right? So this deal included the large production brewery that's in Miramar. It also included the two uh, tasting rooms elsewhere in San Diego. It included the tasting room in Long Beach and the one at downtown Disney, as well as a fairly large brew pub in Chicago. Okay. All right. So all of, all of those uh, bits of real estate and the equipment that goes with them are not part of the trademark value. All right. So that said. So what is the trademark all right, value? All right. The trademark value, according to Constellation, about two years ago was more than $200 million. Okay. All right. As of October, Constellation said it was $17 million. That's insane. It's plummeted. Wow. I mean, it, it's just in free fall. So the story that these new owners tell is that one of them, and this was uh, Brendan, he was out on the golf course with some executives from Constellation, who he happens to know from earlier business that he had done with them when he was in the hotel trade. 
He's on the golf course with them. They're having a good time. They go back. They uh, After their 18 holes, they're having a couple of beers. He said he had called ahead and made sure that this particular golf course had some Constellation brands on tap. Not Ballast Point, by the way. So he says, over a beer, what's going on with Ballast Point? And the response he got from this executive is, why? And he said he wasn't even thinking. He just blurted it out. We'd like to buy it. Hmm. And the response that he got back was even more surprising. The Constellation executive said, we'll have someone from our mergers and acquisition team get back to you. And they did. And so the negotiations went back and forth. This started in July. I believe by September, they'd pretty much made a deal. That's that's fascinating. Um, and I hope, because Constellation is a publicly traded company, that we'll find out what the, you know, the deal value was eventually through disclosures. Um, but what do you think this says about, you know, Ballast Point? Is this you know, kind of the end of Ballast Point? Are they going to continue this downward spiral? Or this is or is this an opportunity for resurgence? Can they reclaim their market share, so to speak, and, and climb back to the top? Well, I think maybe things had gotten as bad as they were going to get for Ballast Point, and that this this represents an opportunity to kind of rebuild the brand. Now, now the new owners come in, they say, listen, look what we have. We have a, a brand that's valued. A lot of folks still have a great deal of affection for Ballast Point. Uh, Sculpin remains a very popular beer, but they've got other beers that are really well regarded. Victory at Sea is a terrific imperial porter. You've also got Sour Wench, one of the first, early, you know, one of the early uh, sour beers. Great beer. So they've got a portfolio of brands that people think highly of. They think Constellation made a mistake in going with this cross-the-country strategy where it was kind of a one-size-fits-all. So Mm -hmm. in every market, they came in and they did the same thing. So the new guys, um, being outsiders, you know, a Brit and an Aussie who've been living in in Chicago for a while, uh, they say you can't do it that way. You have to look at each market individually, tailor your approach to the market, And they said, you really have to own San Diego County and you have to own California. So they're going to be putting more of an emphasis on kind of recapturing their fans within California, especially here in San Diego. Well, that's that's interesting. And, and, you know, I wish them good luck in that sense. Uh, Peter, is there anything else about this deal that you think is important for us to know? Well, when you talk about recapturing the San Diego market, one of the things that they have to do is they have to come back to the San Diego Brewers Guild, which is a, an organization of, as it sounds, I mean, of, of brewers in the county. Uh, and it's very important uh, in setting up beer festivals and kind of getting the word out. Now, Ballast Point was excommunicated from the fold in 2015 when Constellation bought it because to be a member of the San Diego Brewers Guild you have to be locally owned. So they no longer were. They were kicked out. These guys, the new owners, are coming. They're, they're going to be headquartered here in San Diego. Uh, they're, moving, <laughs> they're moving from the Chicago suburbs to San Diego. Not a tough move, I don't think. And they're moving from their 600-barrel-a-year facility to 
what is now probably about a 200,000 barrel a year, you know, operation with Ballast Point. So they will they will attempt to come back into the fold and again be part of the San Diego brewing scene. You've seen where that's hurt uh, some other folks in town. Ten Barrel is a prime example where they've pretty much been shut out of the local beer festivals because they're owned by Anheuser-Busch. Right, but they were never independent to begin with. Well, they started as an independent brand in Bend, Oregon, and then they were bought by Anheuser-Busch. So by the time they came to San Diego, right, they they already had that, you know, the Anheuser-Busch ownership behind them. Right. Um, St. Archer maybe is a better example. They were founded here, but then they were purchased by Miller Coors. Um, They have a somewhat tense relationship with others within the San Diego beer community because San Diego beer community, the way it started was these were all these scrappy upstarts, right? That's so interesting. A little off topic, but the St. Archer guys, you know, they've come back and they're doing Harland, which, you know, is a craft um, company. Do you know if that's being received by the San Diego community? Well, those are folks who left uh, St. Archer. They're yeah. not They're not a St. Archer brand. Well, they're the founders. Brand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, so I think for the time being, they're being regarded as San Diego. But if they sell out to... Uh, who knows? Right. Uh, someone else then, then they'll be excommunicated as well. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Um, this is this is crazy inside beer kind of um, kind of debate that goes on among the real hopheads. Um, most folks don't really care. They right. just want to know: Does the beer taste good? Right. I think Ballast Point was still making good tasting beer. They had that on their side, and now they'll have local ownership on their side as well. Well, yeah, and to end with a little anecdote, most people don't care. But in my household, like I said, my husband works in the industry. He works for a distributor, um, and I have not been allowed to drink Ballast Point beer. But maybe now I will be able to. I miss I miss Sculpin. Yeah, the embargo is over in right. your household. Right. Yeah. Okay, Peter Rowe, thank you. My pleasure. In other business news, House Call Pro, a San Diego tech startup best known for its fast growth over the past few years, is now on the line to pay $2.2 million to settle a lawsuit alleging the company was robo-dialing people without consent. The lawsuit claimed the company violated the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. Shortly following the settlement decision, House Call Pro laid off 30 people of its 210-person staff. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. Try some of our other podcasts, too. Our ideas and opinion team hosts The Conversation, which features interviews with newsmakers and experts about San Diego news and issues. To see all of our audio offerings, go to uniontrib.com slash podcasts. Until next time. <laughs>